The Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by watching, but the leader scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. When he says, then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Good morning. Let us pray. Holy God, help us to see ourselves as part of your grand plan for living together in fellowship. In your name we pray, amen. If you were to take a close look at our prayer list in the bulletin, you would find that we're praying for a lot of people who have cancer. Cancer affects almost all of us, either directly or indirectly. Many of you have had cancer and are healed from it, thanks be to God, and many of you have loved ones who do have cancer. Our bodies are made up of trillions of microscopic cells. Each cell is a living entity. It metabolizes energy. It maintains a stasis. It excretes waste, and it performs basic functions. The instructions for what a cell should do are written into its DNA in the nucleus. Sometimes these instructions get messed up. Either bad instructions were handed down from a previous cell or toxic chemicals, things like that, mess up the instructions so that a cell begins to function in a way that it's not meant to. And this is what starts cancer. A cancer cell is really one of our own cells. I'm sure you've read that. The problem is its instructions are a little faulty, and 
what a cancer cell does that hurts us is actually that it overworks. It overworks. It divides too fast. It uses up too many resources. It can excrete too much waste because of it. And because the cell keeps dividing and dividing and dividing and dividing, it's how a tumor grows and it's how cancer, which is our own cells, acting in a not helpful way spread throughout the body. If you could imagine shrinking yourself down to the size of a cell and you were looking at one cell and this cell, let's say, was acting like it was cancer, you would be seeing a cell that thought of itself as exceptional. The way that a cancer cell behaves, it's like it almost thinks that it's too important in a way. It overworks. It thinks it's so important to the body that it has to duplicate itself way too many times. And that in and of itself is what hurts us. It hurts a person when they have cancer. And it's interesting because as Lutherans, we talk about the problem of works righteousness. The sin that we each struggle with is that same sin of thinking that we are maybe more important than we really are. Maybe we struggle with thinking that we're exceptional, the exception to the rule and that the whole world needs us. And so we run the risk of over-functioning, of doing too much. If you were to give a personality type to a cancer cell, it would be a cell that was like narcissistic. It thinks it's so important it just keeps dividing and dividing and it loses sight of the function it's supposed to play in the body. Famous uh, Russian author Leo Tolstoy uh, in his great book Anna Karenina starts it off by saying healthy functional people are all kind of similar. They're boring. They just go about their life and they do what's right. He said dysfunctional people and dysfunctional families get it wrong in so many variety of ways, they're all kind of different and unique. And that's how he starts his novel. And then he goes and he explores this in a couple different families. Well, it's the same way, way with what we're talking about. A good, healthy cell in the body just kind of leads a regular life. Not too much is really expected of a cell. A cell in a body really only has to do one thing, just exist. It does, it's not a heavy lift. Just do what it's programmed to do. Do what it's been designed for in the genetics. If it's a muscle cell, then it contracts. If it's a brain cell, it, it shoots electricity through it. But they're all cells made up with the same DNA. When I was a little boy, on the entrance to the narthex of our church, there was a sign that said, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest. The words of Jesus. Grace. Grace, as we understand it, is simply letting go of the need to do too much and to just be. God's grace 
is simply the fact that we can just exist, just stay alive as long as we can. A normal cell that isn't cancerous, that's all it does. It just exists along with the trillion other cells, and together they make a body live and be healthy. And every once in a while, that cell will need to divide as needed. And some cells, all cells, in their time, die. And it's okay. It's part of how a body works. So grace, believe it or not, is understanding that each of us is actually not so exceptional. We are important, we're needed, but we're needed in harmony, one with another, living in fellowship, one with another. That's grace, just enjoying the goodness of creation. So what about faith and what about our loved ones who, who have cancer? And, and what does this have to do with Christ the King Sunday? Well, first of all, we have to give thanks for medical professionals and the gift of science for coming up with treatments. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for modern medicine and for the incredibly smart and talented people that are figuring out treatments. I think we should really take them seriously and listen and do as we're instructed from these medical professionals. So when we think about faith, faith is so important because we are believing in the call of each person to be faithful one to another. I was visiting Bob Mays recently, and Bob Mays is one of our members who has cancer, who we have been praying for. And Bob said to me, he said, you know, Pastor, one of the blessings of having cancer and being sick is you discover who your friends are. You discover who your friends are. What Bob is saying there is that faith means being faithful one to another. When we have faith in God, we are being faithful to God and faithful to each other when we are in our time of need. In the ministry of Jesus' life, a miracle happens at the very end, what we read about today on Christ the King Sunday. He's tested. He's there on the cross, and one of the people crucified with him tests him. They said, he said, hey, if you're, if you're the Savior, if you're the Messiah, why don't you get yourself down from this cross and Take us down with you while you're at it. The test that he is giving to Jesus at that moment is the test of sin itself. He's trying to accuse Jesus, saying, if, you, if you're saved, if, you're, if you are so close to God, then you must be exceptional. You must be able to bypass all this suffering. And the other person who's crucified with Jesus rather than accusing him and judging and criticizing him in his most painful moment, he has compassion. He has compassion on Jesus. He has faithfulness to God and to Jesus, and he says to the other guy, knock it off. Jesus 
remember me when you come into your kingdom. This man in the last minutes of his life shows compassion and faithfulness, and so he is saved. And to this Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. I think that the paradise of which Jesus speaks is having faith. It's having a clear conscience. It's relieving ourselves of the need to be exceptional and being okay with the fact that we can just simply be. Each moment, each second of this life is a tremendous gift that even if we might be suffering like this man on the cross was suffering, even in the midst of this terrible suffering, Jesus promises us that paradise can open up. The kingdom of God is at hand and we can enter into this paradise of faithfulness and experiencing God's love in fellowship and faithfulness to one another. Amen. We sing our hymn of the day, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, verses